Hey guys, I know it's been a minute, but don't blame me, blame 2020. <laughs> and I want to let you guys know that I'm going to be doing some new stuff and everything here on the podcast. I'm going to be doing some experimental stuff and that I really hope you guys actually stick around and see how well it does. But you know what? Since we're actually in the month of Halloween, I figure I'd do a review on one of the greatest staples of Halloween, which is Hocus Pocus. Now, this is a timeless classic movie that we can never get enough of. And I'm going to tell you guys some stuff that you may or may not know about the movie. And I will tell you guys how well this movie stood the test of time ever since it came back out in 1993. Now, here's some stuff that you probably may or may not know about the movie. That it was actually released back in July 16th of 1993, which is crazy because one, it was the day after my sixth birthday, and two, a Halloween movie being released during the summertime. It is a bit weird, and probably also a reason why it did so poorly in the box office, because I know it would have done a lot better if it came out during the fall season, when normally Halloween movies would come out. But I guess really Disney kind of dropped a bomb that one, didn't it, folks? <laughs> but even though it did not become a huge hit in um, theaters, and it barely made its budget back, it did gain a huge following when it was getting played constantly, on the Disney Channel during the Halloween season. And I, for one, am part of that fan base that grew up in the 90s watching the Disney Channel and watching Hocus Pocus on top of with a lot of other Halloween programs, including one, Halloween Town, which is another great movie and that's actually underrated and that I feel like it doesn't get a lot of love. And another thing that you guys may or may not know about the movie is that it came from an encounter with a black cat. The writer of the movie and the creator of it, David Krishner, was with his daughter one night in their backyard, and a black cat came over their fence from their neighbors. And David told his daughter that the cat that came over that fence was actually a boy, and that 300 years ago, three sisters that were witches turned that boy into the cat that they see now and that one little bedtime story that he told his daughter spawned the movie that we love today and one more thing that you guys may or may not know and everything about the movie is that the fact of the matter is is that it was actually supposed to be a lot darker than what the movie that we have today but disney felt like it was too dark and everything with the script that was written and didn't want to chance it and I'm going like really come from the guys in there who did the Return to Oz, which was a freaky ass movie when I was watching it when I was a grown up, and Something Wicked um, This Way Comes, which are deemed the darkest movies Disney has ever done, besides a few other ones. There was actually a Collider, or if not a Looper um, article that actually talked about the darker movies that Disney had did back in the day before it got all family friendly and whatnot. But you know what? It is interesting finding that out. And what's actually more interesting that if it was not for Ben Middler, who was actually interested and was starring in the project, we probably would have never gotten the movie. And you know what? I am going to bring this up. Yes, I know the news about a possible sequel and everything to the movie, but you know, it has been confirmed that, you know, Ben Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and the older sister are going to be coming back to play the Sanderson sisters. But the thing is, is that we do not have any concrete evidence whether or not that when the movie is going to be coming out. 
And apparently there was a sequel that did come out, but it was actually in book form, which is kind of a bit of a cop-out if you tell me, because, you know, I would have loved to see a sequel to this movie, because it's a great movie, and I love it. Now, I wanted to let you guys know that um, the reason why this comes up is that because I decided to add this movie to my collection and decided to get the Blu-ray of it because, yeah, I could stream it and I can watch it on Disney+. Plus. But I wanted a, um, to have a carbon copy of the movie that I can have so in case if I'm not able to stream it or if I'm not going to pay Disney and they ask a ton of money each month for a movie that's only going to be on there for a little bit of time and then gone until next year. What, um, what if I wanted to watch it sooner than later? Hmm. So basically unearthing the pros and cons and everything this either buy a $9 Blu-ray that I got off from Amazon, or if not paying 14 or whatever they charge a month to a year in there to rewatch it on there. I guess in there, you guys figured out what option I went with. Now, the Blu-ray came in an awesome slipcover with a red-black background of the Sanderson sisters in front of it, and it was amazing. Now, fans of the movie, we all know what happens in it. But for the newcomers, I'll give you guys a quick rundown um, rundown of the movie. Now, the movie is actually based around Max and his sister, Danny, who moved from California to Salem, where they had, um, are still getting adjusted from their move. Both Max and his sister were in school and actually heard about the legendary Sanderson sisters. And that their plot to kidnap and steal the souls of all the children of Salem so they can live forever. One thing leads to another and the Sanderson sisters return. And they want to continue to doing their evil deeds of living forever. So it's actually up to Max, Danny, Max's crush, Allison, and the talking immortal cat, Zachary Binks, that was actually turned by the sisters to put an end to them once and for all. Now, if that doesn't get you into the movie, you might still want to watch the movie because I can't do the movie justice by talking about it. So you know what? However way and everything you guys can be able to get this movie, either buy it, rent it, stream it whatever you do just watch the movie damn it <laughs> now what i love is how great the movie is a lot of people in Nerdton would say it's terrible and sadly they are wrong and you know i'm actually talking about you know the old guys or if not the old film critics from back in the day that they did not understand it nowadays because like i mean even during the time of roger and ebert those guys actually gave it a really terrible rating. They gave it two thumbs down. But yeah, I do believe these guys were a little biased on it. Because due to the fact that, you know, they grew up with Gone to Win, um, Casablanca, The Godfather, all those other movies that were a lot older. So they were actually from that generation that they didn't understand a little bit more of a newer generation of it. Now, I wanted to let you guys know that I thought the movie was good and hence why I bought it. I love how the Blu-ray updated the audio and gave the picture a much more clearer and sharper look to it than how it looked back in 1993. And also, so people would say the movie hasn't aged well, but then again, it wouldn't be this popular around if it didn't age well. It was, it has became a timeless classic, kind of like Back to the Future. Still is to this day, when that movie was actually made, 
and was released back in 1984, or if not 85, and wouldn't have a huge cult following, and wouldn't have gotten so many sequels. And that on top of that too, another thing, that Hocus Pocus has been wanting to get a sequel off the ground for so many years, but Sally is not happening. Now, I know a lot of people would think I have biased opinions since I grew up and everything with it, but I'm gonna be honest, I thought the move was good, yeah, there's some stuff and everything that was low hit or miss that, you know, like I said, it's a good movie. I'm not saying that's great. I'm not saying it's perfect because I'm not saying that's the sense of Kane and there are any movies. But the thing is, I still think it's a great movie. And that what I actually really love about it is the mix of old school special effects. Because how movies are nowadays is that they're focused way too much on visual effects. And that sometimes it takes away from it, and it takes away from the movie, it takes away from the story, and that the fact of the matter is, is that it, it just relies too much heavily on it because of, like, now being in the age of where we have this advanced technology, that we have the abilities to do a lot more stuff with it, that I really love how they went more to the practical effects, because they went old school, they actually did drawings, they actually did, like, wire work, and they did a lot of older stuff stuff that actually made the movie a lot better because like I'm that kind of person I liked old special effects I was actually um trained into um special effects artistry that old school kind and you know that's why I have a lot more respect and everything for movies that don't rely heavily on CGI or this and that and that they go with the old fashioned special effects style because you know like I said I, I have a much more bigger admiration to them for that oh you apologize guys had to take a drink now um and on top of that too, the other reason why I loved the movie is that we had a director who was his first time doing this, and it was director Kenny Ortega, who mostly worked um, doing choreography work for movies like Dirty Dancing, the scene from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and the movie Xanadu. And he actually actually worked with Michael Jackson when he was doing some of his concert tours for, which I actually thought that was pretty me. That part I actually didn't know. And I didn't know that he did the dancing from Ferris Bueller, or if not, he did the whole choreography work for Dirty Dancing. And I know a lot of people love Dirty Dancing. Nobody puts a baby in the corner. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. And that it was his first time directing that he, he was actually really good. He had an eye for detail. He really did a great job with them. But sadly, he really didn't do any more movies afterwards. The only thing he did was his uh, handful of TV shows. Like one for a fact, The Gilmore Girls. I actually didn't know he actually directed um, a few of those episodes. And he actually did do one more movie, but I'm actually just going to go ahead and tell you guys. It was High School Musical 3. I know a lot of people are like, what? But then again, like I said, Kenny Ortega was a choreographer. So like for him to direct like a musical like that, I mean, it's kind of like hand in hand in there when it comes to it. 
And what else nerds and what I really liked about the movie is that it's not like a lot of movies nowadays where it's so serious and plus it didn't have to degrade itself with the humor that movies go for today that a lot of people don't like now. Hey, I will say this. I still love Deadpool and I love the humor in the movies. So I want you guys to back off in there on that. <laughs> but um, the thing is that, like I said, it's just like a lot more horror movies out these days which are God awful. I, I am honest and everything with this. It's just, they are just terrible. I mean, I have not seen a good horror movie in a while because, you know, I love horror movies. I really do. I was actually a bit of a wuss when I was growing up when it came to movies like this, but, you know, working for a haunted house actually really got my fear over them, and because of it, I instantly started loving them. But, you know, it's just, I felt like there was a huge downgrade later in the years that were more and more horror movies were coming out they weren't hitting the marks and that uh, you know they weren't giving me that excitement that i was looking for that you know that oh my god or like yeah and everything you know kind of making me jump a bit but you know there are some movies that have been released later on because i'm not going to be really biased about it that there are some good horror movies that are out but I just feel everything like the horror movie genre itself is almost on life support. And I really hate that because like I feel like, you know, they need to give more credit to horror movies. They really do. And if not scary movies, because like a lot of them are getting too serious, too dark, and sometimes almost pushing the boundaries of stuff. I mean, hell, it's just like, for example, the Hellraiser movie. I know I'm going off topic and everything, but I don't care. But um, look at um, Hellraiser. I mean, look at how gritty and um, scary that movie is. I mean, you know what? I actually found this out. Um, that they actually had to cut 15 or 20 seconds off of the movie just for them to get their R rating. Because if they didn't actually cut that out, they would have gotten an NC-17 rating. Which a lot of people don't know this is that you cannot watch this movie even if you're 17. You would have had to have been 18 or older to watch this. This is almost like kind of like an x-rated movie um but with horror but um you know and everything like i said i'm gonna get um, back onto the topic and everything about it but on top of that too like i mean like it did not have to degrade itself with the humor i mean the humor's funny it's there i really enjoy it because like i mean there's a lot of movies and everything that could have been bad like for ex oh for example the emoji movie roly sony Really? Dude, that's a sad history in um, Sony Pictures. I really am saying that. But you know what? Sony Entertainment did redeem itself with um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because that was a good movie. And on top of that, it won an Oscar. And it did beat out a Disney movie. So I will give them that, that they were able to make a comeback. But overall, I just want to let you guys know that the last part of the movie review is that I think it's a great movie that you can watch over and over again and never get tired of. And plus, something you can actually show your kids and that they could either get scared by it or if not, end up loving it. Overall, I feel like it's a great movie for both kids, teenagers, and adults. And like I said, um, it didn't have a lot of love behind it, but if it didn't, um, it wouldn't be as big as it is now. But for this, I'm actually giving it my Broke Nerd seal of approval. And I'm actually giving this 5 out of 5 Broke Nerds. 
So the thing is, yeah, like I really hope that you guys are actually staying safe. I hope you guys are doing good. And I know this is actually a really short podcast because, like I said, I wanted to try something different. I wanted to try something new, and you know, I just wanted to try this. And uh, I hope you guys in there can actually really enjoy this. And especially with it being a lot shorter than a lot of my other podcasts that I did before, but. Like I said, I'm going to be coming back with more stuff like this, like doing movie reviews, doing reviews on books in there that I, that I have read, both regular fiction, non-fiction books, graphic novels, and products in there that I have got. And then, you know, I'm actually going to be trying some other stuff too. And I want to thank one person that actually really helped me out with that because, you know, at least I'm giving it a try in there thing to, you know, expand my horizon there too with it. But with that being said, wherever you guys, um, whatever you guys are doing or wherever you guys are at in the world, I hope you guys are having a good morning, a good day, a great evening, and a good night. And this is Rob, a.k.a. Broke Nerd Podcast, signing off.